Welcome to Mindful Elevation, a podcast that explores the healing powers of energy psychology and mindfulness. My name is Rachel Tallheimer, and I'm a licensed independent clinical social worker with Elevate Counseling. Join me in my conversations with some incredible guests to see how energy psychology has impacted their lives and how you can use it to improve yours. Not only are these guests my friends and colleagues, but they're clinical professionals with expertise in their fields. These conversations are packed with laughter, honesty, and tons of insight into energy psychology. Feel free to listen at your own pace and in your own space. Thanks for tapping in to today's conversation. Welcome back to Mindful Elevation for this week's episode. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Carrie Stone, LMHC, and the Director of Clinical Operations here at Elevate Counseling. Carrie Stone is a licensed mental health counselor in Massachusetts and Maine. She received her master's degree in clinical mental health counseling from Antioch University, New England in 2009. Carrie is certified in perinatal mental health since June of 2023 and provides clinical supervision to staff related to the specialty. She has extensive experience working in community mental health with a variety of clients and currently works with individuals 18 years old and up. Carrie's specialty includes working with women navigating infertility, pregnancy, and postpartum health. Carrie is experienced in using CBT in her treatment and enjoys working with parents of children with medical and special needs as well. Carrie comes alongside individuals and families as they go through difficult times and transitions and supports them as they move into a place of growth and peace. Today we're talking about the holidays. We're going to give you some tips to deal with stress this holiday season. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you. So we're talking about the holidays. Yes. We're talking about stress. Yes. They are sort of intertwined. Yeah. Yeah. Can't talk about the holidays without talking about stress. And we're entering the holiday season, so perfect timing. Exactly. We just exactly. finished Halloween. Right. And now we're heading towards Thanksgiving, and then Christmas is a slope down. Mm-hmm. And then New Year's, and then it's just, yeah. holy moly, it's a brand new year. What just happened? Yeah, and pressure to do things before that year is Absolutely. on us. So, Absolutely. Yeah, all that stress. So let's talk about the stress. What, what kind of stress are people experiencing? So we really noticed that people experience both emotional and physical stressors for the holidays, right, as well as financial stressors. We are not going to talk about financial stressors because we are not – accountants or money people so that makes we're gonna sense. leave that to those people but as mental health professionals what we see a lot of is grief and loss mm. and the impact of those things on the holiday and trauma trauma has really come up at the holiday and that has a lot to do with the fact that the holiday season has a lot of reoccurring sensory events you've got lights you've mm-hmm. got music you've got themes You've got movies, and these things can all be trauma triggers for people. It's so important for people to know what those triggers are around the holidays so they can manage them. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So those are like the big heavy, I call the big heavy ones. And then there's like the ones that are more like family drama, family Mm -hmm. dynamics, people that don't get along, political topics that people shouldn't be talking about at the holidays because it causes 
conflict. Makes me cringe. I know. And we have life transitions. So we're seeing a lot of people struggle with stress around how do I balance my holidays? Like when my kids grow out of my house, when they have their own family, when people move from state to state, when somebody's job impacts the holidays. So all those things are also phase of life changes. And when people start having kids of their own and they go, oh my goodness, I can't go to the holidays like I usually do. Yes. And oh my goodness, I can't stay up until nine o'clock at night partying on New Year's Eve. I have small children. I need to make a new plan. So it causes stress. Those are the big ones. Obviously, depression and anxiety do worsen. Depression specifically because of the time of year and the lack of sunshine, especially for those of us in New England. Gotta love New England. Yeah. The sun disappears at four and doesn't come back until seven the next morning. It already started. Yeah. It's already darker. And for anxious people, we see a lot of social anxiety come out. People that are introverts or socially get anxious, they don't like crowds. They don't, and they have to find ways to like navigate family events, parties. Mm -hmm. But the biggest theme in, in a lot of these is expectations. So the stress that we feel at the holidays fundamentally comes from our expectations of ourselves about what we should and should not be doing and what is required of us. So what do we do about it? We could talk about stress for, you know, the next hour, but how do we help our listeners? What do we do? Yeah. So I think you could talk for hours and there's all over the web. There's like so many different options about like, how do I manage my stress for the holidays? These are some keys. So I did all the research for, and I have six key steps and tips that you can take to help yourself for the holiday. So I'm going to tell you the first one, because the first one, if you only do this, it might actually help you and you might not need to move on to the others. Wow. (laughs) It's a big step, right? It's very impressive. Yes. So it's important for anybody who has had a grief, loss, trauma, any type of situation where they feel, hey, like my energy is really impacted by this time of year, that you do what's called a readiness check. Readiness check is a couple questions. So I want you to ask yourself, do I feel ready for this? When somebody invites you to an event or you get invited to participate in something, do I feel ready for this? Is this going to be a good use of my time and energy? And readiness can be so many different things. Am I mentally ready? Am I emotionally ready? Am I physically ready? Am I spiritually ready? Am I energetically ready? Yeah. And it really is asking yourself, is this where I want my energy to go at the holidays? Is this where I want to spend that? That's a big one. So if you are ready, then Mm -hmm. do we skip the rest of the steps? No. (laughs) If you answer no, if you're not ready and you're not, don't want to do the energy for that, then we kind of go, okay, then I don't have to do anything. I'm going to say no and I'm going to have my alternative plan and I'm going to dip out. If I say yes, then I want to ask myself and talk to myself through a couple things. If I say I'm going to venture out into the holidays, I'm going to be active in the holiday. The next thing you need to do, especially if you're going through grief and loss, is remind yourself that the holiday season is a season where feelings that are opposites can coexist. So you can experience in a holiday season both happiness and sadness anger and excitement, pain and joy. And they're all valid Mm -hmm. because they're all part of the holiday season when you're walking through grief, loss, changes in your family, changes in your life, changes in the holidays. And that's okay. 
So reminding yourself that you can feel however you feel mm-hmm. and it's normal. Even for people not going through those things, it's very common we will have a roller coaster of feelings during our holidays because holidays are really stress box time when you're hanging out with family or you're alone if you don't have family to hang out with. Right. And I'm sure so many people are confused or maybe invalidate their own emotions if they're feeling polarizing emotions at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. It's mm-hmm. And that's okay. And we have to hold space for all the different emotions and parts that come up as we feel things. Yeah. I think that what we don't want is people to feel shame or guilt if they're feeling happy emotions in a season where they feel like they should be grieving loss. That makes a lot of sense. We don't want people to have that box around them. There's no way you should feel. It is what it is. Giving yourself grace and space, I always say. Grace and space. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To feel how you feel and not feel bad about how you feel. So, reminding yourself of that, tip three is boundary setting is a huge piece of managing your stress at the holidays. Big thing with boundaries is there are so many different types of boundaries, right? You know, time, space, energy, conversations, spiritual boundaries, physical boundaries, money boundaries. There's so many different boundaries in life, right? We're talking about the boundaries related to your time, your energy, and your communication. This is a big thing I think a lot of people don't get or they get frustrated the holidays is when I set a boundary, that boundary is mine and about me. And when I choose that boundary, I am responsible to walk away if that boundary is violated. I am not expecting somebody else to change their behavior because of my boundary. Do you mind just saying that again crystal clear so that people can really sink that in? Yeah. My boundary that I'm setting is mine. And if my feeling is that it's being violated, it is my responsibility to remove myself from the situation, not the other person's. Just sit with that for a little bit. Just let let that sink in. Let that marinate. That's huge. And hard. Of course. <laughs> Who wants to walk out of a holiday or walk away from a conversation and a holiday right. because they feel like my boundaries are violated and I can't be here. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's the stuff that's going to shift the holiday for the family. And if you don't walk away and remove yourself from a boundary violating situation, it's going to give a message to that other person that they can continue that behavior because you're not doing anything about it. Correct. There needs to be some kind of change or consequence from a boundary violation. Yeah. That only you can control. Yeah. And sometimes the, the thing is to walk away from a conversation and sometimes the thing is to walk away from the event. And whatever you make the plan to do is what you have to do. And sometimes you let it go, right? There are some situations they say something, that's the end of the conversation anyway, so you just let it go and you just turn your attention, you pivot your conversation to somebody else or some other topic. But there are times where it's just very clear, this situation, my boundary is going to be continually pushed against. I need to get me out, my family out, we need to leave. I would also say it's important when you are maintaining that boundary that you're being kind and respectful and doing so, you know, I could imagine, you know, just from like the movies or whatever, that if someone's boundary is violated, it's just like, well, I'm out of here and causing this whole scene and throwing digs at other people. It's like, we don't have to do that. We can just very kindly, respectfully and assertively take care of ourselves. 
Yeah. In order to have the boundary be about us and take it, we want it to be a non-issue. We're not trying to cause conflict. We're not trying to create a drama and a scene at the event. We are simply going to non-issue wise, just remove ourselves from the situation. Well, that's you make an excuse. If you have kids, they're a great excuse. Cause you just be like, oh, we got to go nap time. But you make a reason or you just say, hey, we're going to get going. This is clearly going a different direction than we feel comfortable with. And we'll have to make plans another time. Very calmly. I like that. Yeah. You got to take the emotion out of it and just focus on like the boundary, Mm -hmm. which is we said this is what we weren't willing to do. So then the question, right, is how do I know what my boundaries are? Good question. It's a good thing you're here to talk about it. That's some questions that you can ask yourself. Which will help you answer that. Specific to holidays. Think about these things. I'm going to give them to you slow. What do I want to spend my time doing this holiday season? Why do we say what do I want? Because a lot of times people are spending time doing things they feel obligated to do. So what do I actually want to do? How do I want to feel when the holiday season is over? I don't think any one of us is going to say burnt out, but I think there's a good portion of us that leave the holiday season feeling a little bit burnt out. So how do we set boundaries that'll avoid getting there? What would I refrain from doing if I didn't let guilt or shame drive my action choices? What am I only doing because I feel like society expects me to, or my family will get mad if I don't, or I have to because it's tradition. If I take guilt and shame out of it, what do I actually want to be doing? A lot of people just want to spend quality time with people they care about. I feel like if people take guilt and shame out of it, they may feel selfish. But at the same time, if you're taking guilt and shame out of it, then that feeling of selfishness is also gone because that's rooted in shame. Mm -hmm. And taking care of yourself is not selfish. It's self-care. It's necessary. Yeah. It helps with balance. Your energy needs to be balanced through the whole holiday season. And... The last question is, who is it my priority to spend time with this holiday season? And that comes from a place for a lot of people of, I get to look at my roster of people in my life, not only rank them, but recognize who do I need to spend time with? Who am I paying attention to? Is it like elderly parents? Is it a friend who's sick? Is it somebody who's only visiting for the holidays? Who do I need to? Who would make joy come to my heart spending time with them? And... For people who are in a family or like in a, in a marriage engagement, like any, any type of family dynamic, it's really important that when you're talking about boundaries, you talk about your individual boundaries as well as sit down and talk about a family boundary. Tell me about a family boundary. So family boundaries are where you take every individual's bandwidth and energy and feeling about going to each event. And you have a collaborative conversation and create a plan for what your family is going to do. This takes into account your introverts, your people who burn their energy being at social events, and then your extroverts who will stay at the event until it closes and is cleaning. If they're in the same family, you need to have a common middle ground. That resonates with me very closely. Yes. And so having family discussions. So I always recommend you have a discussion before the holiday season starts, especially as your kids get older or as you and your partner are putting your lives together, you need to have these discussions because all of a sudden you had separate, went from separate holidays. We need to have a together holiday plan. 
which will change over time. And then in the middle of the holiday season, trying to have a check-in day, be like, how are we feeling? How is our energy? Are we feeling burnt out? Do we need to take a down day? Do we need to skip an event? And then like at the end of the season, be like, how do we think we went and how can we do better? Because if you think about it, the holiday season is such a small portion of the year. It really is. But it drains so much energy if you let it. And I think there's just so much stress and expectation around it that really people start to get stressed much earlier on in the year Mm -hmm. than they really need to. And it takes up so much more energy and so much more of their headspace than it needs to. Yeah. In a way, it's about practicing mindfulness with the holidays. It's letting the holidays come as the holidays come, not worrying or panicking about the holidays in summer. Yeah. And then giving space for your time and your self-care for yes. the holidays, which a lot of people don't. They just go, go, rush, 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 host, 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 and it's, it's exhausting. So boundaries, huge thing. And then the next piece is expectations. And specifically under expectations, I want to talk about how do you build your holiday schedule and what do you need to think about? So this tip, it is best to identify a healthy schedule with space to recharge, regroup between events. For example, if you're traveling, it is best to have buffer and down days in the middle of your travels or amongst your travels and make choices about where you're going to stay based on your needs. For some families, that means hotels instead of staying in a family home because Mm -hmm. you need that space. And also, it's helpful to think about how different people in the family recharge and how much time you need. If you're not a person who's a go-go-go, and you're interacting with a family member who's a go, 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 like something every day, and you don't take a buffer day, you can physically impact yourself. Start to get sick, Mm -hmm. physical symptoms, because your body's like, we don't roll like this. So lowering your expectations, setting healthy expectations around the schedule and how many things you're going to do. You can't be everything to everyone, right? So you can't do I mean, do I'm everything. trying. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Are we all? <laughs> but it is. We try because we feel you got to see this person. You've got to go see this person. you got to go see this show. And you got to see this kid do this. And this kid has this swap. And you could do it all, but you would be so tired. But the holidays originally were a time to gather with family and relax sort of started to take the relax out of it for a lot of people it's about go 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 activity activity no downtime right so keeping the expectations in check yes for sure how is another really good way to do that i knew you were gonna ask me that oh how is another really good way to do that carrie yes (laughs) check out or limit your social media time yes comparison is the thief of joy and social media viewing help set unrealistic expectations. My charcuterie board for Thanksgiving is never going to look like that charcuterie board that that woman made that looked like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I mean, I, I can watch it and I can go, oh my God, I want to do that. I'm never going to be that talented <laughs> or have that kind of time in my life to spend eight hours making a charcuterie board. But I can look at charcuterie boards for hours before Thanksgiving. And I'm setting myself up for these horrible expectations. I normalize that that kind of charcuterie board is what everybody's doing. When in reality, most people are my level of charcuterie, which is like a couple different cheeses to try, some crackers, a little bit of fruit. Just throw it on. (laughs) But 
everything, how you set up your table. There are so many ways all of us compare ourselves and set expectations based on social media. So if you can take a break or if you can limit your time and not allow yourself to scroll, it'll help you. I had heard once, I want to say it was from Brene Brown. She said, rather than comparing, practice admiration. You could admire someone's Sonic the Hedgehog charcuterie board, but to compare yourself to that, that's where things go wrong. Anytime on social media that you do allow yourself, use it for inspiration or admiration or ideas, but not for jealousy, comparison, shame. Yeah. That's a big one. Expectations. Yeah. Expectations aren't set by other people. They're set by us. Mm-hmm. But yet we say that they're by other people. <laughs> yes. Like other people would be upset if we didn't make the dish we always make. And it's like, you know what? People would survive. This is not a life or death situation. If you don't have the energy to do it, or I have to send Christmas cards. I've been sending them for 30 years. You don't have to. If right. this is a year to decide not to send Christmas cards because you're going through stuff and you don't really want to look at pictures then don't give yourself grace and space to change your holidays and your traditions. And then, of course, our sixth tip is for those of you who know that it's going to be stressful, but you're going to go to some things to create a coping kit and plan to take with you. Tell me more. Yes, right? A coping plan can include, I love this idea, having a support person that you check in with. I might sprinkle in breakfast with a friend in the holiday season just to have somebody to talk with in process, right? Most people keep their therapy going during this time or find therapy during this time if they've gone through a loss or a grief and they're feeling it really hard and keeping that as consistent as you can, having those supports yes. as you're going through processing all this family drama. You would want to have things in there like music, sometimes just bringing your music, your headphones, your journal. I love when you go to a family thing and you can go take a walk. So I always bring coat, hat, gloves, whatever. I don't care if it's 20 degrees. We're going to go for a walk because I want to get away from the crowd of people. Walk, be in nature, clear your head, have down days where you do those things. Have an exit strategy. Have a friend that you can text the word taco to. And that person will call you with an emergency so you can leave if you're not a person who's just brave enough to walk out and you need someone to give you an emergency word to get out. But those are all really things to have a plan, know what my triggers are, know what I need to avoid, practicing your conversation pivots. So when great uncle Joe starts talking about something you don't want to talk about, you have a conversation pivot and can get yourself out of that conversation. Actually, it's funny we're talking about this because just the other day, someone in the family had used a conversation pivot where the conversation at dinner got very political, very uncomfortable. And someone in the family goes, hey, Rachel, you want to go wash some dishes? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I do. You know, and it was just a beautiful exit and conversation pivot. Like it's something as simple as that, you Mm -hmm. know, it doesn't need to be something so complex of having your topics already predetermined of what your conversation pivot is. It's Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just as simple as you want to go do the dishes or clean up that charcuterie board. (laughs) (laughs) Go put some leftovers together. (laughs) Let's go help with dessert. I think it it also is just knowing like who you're interacting with, who's going to be tough to interact with. Yeah. Knowing who do I need to really be prepped for and be in a good space. And ultimately this is also about like, if you're not in the headspace or your energy is not where you need to be, it's okay to not go. (laughs) <laughs> are you are you saying that it's okay to say no? Yes. I am saying it's okay <laughs> to say no. Yes. It is okay 
to say no to any event that is going to drain your energy or where you're putting yourself in a situation where your mental health could be made worse. And you might not know that till that day that people wake up and just go, I don't have it today. I don't mm-hmm. have the energy. I'm having too many symptoms. Like I just can't do it today, especially like grief and loss and, and anxiety. So that's okay. I want to share a quote about saying no. It's by Nat Lou, L-U-E, and it says, if we don't say yes authentically, we say yes resentfully, and that leads to far more problems than if we had said no in the first place. I love that. That's a very valid point, that it leads to far more problems if you go when you don't have the energy. Mm -hmm. Trust yourself to be able to say no. Yeah, and advocate for yourself. Make sure that you're not doing something that's going to be too draining of your energy, that there's food that you can eat if you have food issues, that there's Mm -hmm. not a setup that's hard if you have chronic health issues, and that it's just a situation that you feel comfortable in. So advocate for yourself. Say no. Lower your expectations. Don't compare. Happy holidays. Yeah. (laughs) It will lead to a happy holiday. Any final things that our listeners should know about coping with the holidays give yourself some grace and space and do what you want to do for the holiday and you will come out at the other end feeling actually like you enjoyed it because it's really only a very small portion of your year and it's supposed to be about if you think about it the people you want to spend quality time with and quality time doesn't require any action on your part other than to be be in the moment and be with people and that is the gift of the holiday season no matter how you celebrate your holiday season Mm -hmm. it's about people and being together so go enjoy being with people you love and leave your stress at the door carrie thank you so much for joining me today this was fun so glad and i'm so glad that we were able to talk about this in the nick of time in the Saint Nick time. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good holiday season, everyone. And we're grateful for you. Thanks for tapping in to today's conversation. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate Counseling, you can find us online at www.elevate-counseling.com. Follow us on Instagram at elevate underscore counseling underscore services or find us on Facebook at Elevate Counseling Services. For those seeking services in Massachusetts or surrounding areas, call our intake at 508-297-1491. New episodes of Mindful Elevation will be released every last Monday of the month. And keep an eye out for Energy Elevators every Monday where I will be teaching energy psychology techniques and tools you can implement into your daily practice. Until then, keep grounding, keep healing, keep growing. Stay mindful.